We have uh, a couple resources that uh, our office manager put together for you, and uh, one is it's the Warrior's Prayer. Uh, this is a, a little card by Dr. David Jeremiah. Yes, we did get permission to make these up, and if you'd like one, if you don't have one, we've got some at both tables. If we run out, uh, hopefully we can get you some next week. Also, uh, we've had these out before. Pastor Tim recorded me uh, putting on my armor. It's about 15 minutes long. It's a CD. It's kind of like training wheels is how I like to, uh, to word it. Uh, maybe you'd like to have the training wheels so you can learn how to put your armor on after a while. You won't need me leading you. You'll be ready to do it yourself. But there's lots of those out there as well if you don't have one. Uh, this is uh, week number two uh, in our uh, spiritual armor series. And uh, uh, you'll see our, uh, our little statue back there. I'm going to see if I can move him forward in just a minute. But uh, uh, the way we dress depends on where we're going, doesn't it? If you're going to the beach, what do you need? Anybody? Sandals, what else you need? Towel and probably a swimsuit. Yeah, that's always good. Okay. Uh, if uh, you are going snowmobiling, what do you need? S snowmobile suit, I'm hearing, yes. Going to need some good gloves. I'm thinking about that. What else are you going to need? Snowmobiling, uh, get, need your helmet and some boots of some sort, don't you think? Uh, if you're coming to church, uh, you're going to dress a little different than if you're going snowmobiling, right? Uh, in summer in Walloon, Myron, we could even wear shorts if we wanted to. Yeah, could. we could, yeah. Uh, some of us probably won't, right, Myron? You know, for, uh, the uh, white blinding glow would uh, say, no, Pastor, Pastor Jeff, would you please wear pants? Uh, but anyway, uh, you dress different if you're going to church. Uh, here's my point. When you're engaged in spiritual warfare, it matters what you wear. It's important to dress the way that uh, the Lord Jesus has uh, outlined. And we have in Ephesians chapter 6, turn there in your Bibles if you have it with you, there, there's really a recipe for dressing victorious. Uh, and, and I don't know about you, but I'm not in the battle to lose. We can dress victoriously because we've been given the specific way to dress as followers of Jesus Christ. Uh, we said last week we are at war. Whether you realize it or not, whether you want to be at war or not, the fact is if you're a follower of Jesus, then you are literally pitted at war against the forces of Satan and his demonic army. Whether you like it or not, whether you are aware of it or not, that's the reality. But here's the problem, and we talked about this last week. This war, this battle that we're in, it's invisible and it's spiritual. So uh, we look with our eyes and we see the fruit of the war. We see all sorts of casualties. We see lives getting torn apart, but we don't necessarily see the battle itself. We just see the fruit of the war. You tracking with me? So when we look with our physical eyes, we don't see the spiritual battle behind the scenes. Okay? So instead of focusing on the battle, we're just trying to manage the problems. Well, uh, 
my, my child is struggling here, or at work, this is going on, and we're seeing all of the fruit of the battle, and we're dealing with that instead of looking down at the root. What's the cause? Now, here's my point. You ready? Most of the fruit has at its root a spiritual cause, okay? Most of the physical problems, I didn't say all, but most of the physical problems we're dealing with and struggling with have at their core a spiritual root, okay? So we're looking at the physical stuff, but it's really a spiritual war. Paul is instructing us here in Ephesians chapter 6 how to train our brains. We need to get our minds to stand firm, realize we're in the war, put our spiritual armor on, because our king, our commander-in-chief, he's purchased and equipped us with just the right armor to be victorious in the battle. Think about it. He's given us everything we need to stand firm and live victoriously. So it's our duty now is to learn what's this war about and how do I get dressed and how do I put on the armor that Jesus has purchased and equipped me with. You tracking? How can I, Jesus, learn to put this dress on? And I want to put on that belt regularly. Now here's the thing. Jesus, our commander-in-chief, has given us his armor, purchased it, and equipped us with all the armor we need, but he expects us to put the armor on every single day. In other words, he's not going to say, oh, Bob, I, I, I know you don't want to put your, your gospel shoes, so here, let me help you with your shoes, and let me help you with your belt. He's not going to do that for us. You tracking? We need to learn to put on the belt to put on the shoes, to put on the helmet, to take up the shield that Jesus has equipped us with, okay? So we've got it, it's available, but we have to choose to put the armor on every day by faith. So that's what we're going to be talking about for the next several months. And today we're going to pick up the very first piece of armor, and we're going to learn how to put it on. But first, we're going to be doing this every Sunday now for for the summer mostly, we're going to start with verse 10, and we're going to read all the way down to verse 20. Um, and, and I asked, do any of you like a challenge? And several of you said, yeah, I like a challenge. So now I, I want to ask, uh, how many of you are willing to say, you know what, I like a challenge, Pastor Jeff. I think I'm going to commit these verses to memory. I, I want to know about this armor stuff so much that I actually get it embedded on the hard drive of my mind. So, so let me ask you, how many of you say, I'm picking up the challenge, count me in? Anybody? Yeah. Okay. Anybody in the balcony? Any memorizers up there? I actually see a couple of hands. Good. Nice job. Let's stand together. Let's remind ourselves of the commander-in-chief's marching orders for his army. Verse 10. Read with me, please. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, 
put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, to stand. Stand firm then, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. Pray also for me that whenever I speak, words may be given me so that I will spiritlessly make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Pray that I may declare it fearlessly as I should. Let's pray. Lord, every time I read these verses, I'm reminded that you want us to be knowledgeable soldiers. Uh, you, you want us to know exactly what we're up against. So thank you. Thank you for uh, warning us about the dangerous war that each and every one of your kids is involved with every single day. Lord, I, I pray especially for those who are new to this kind of thinking. I pray for those who maybe have forgotten about the war we're in. And Lord, I'm, I'm praying that they'll quickly come to speed and realize that we have an enemy who hates us and wants to destroy us. Lord, help each of us to learn how to not just survive, but to thrive with the armor that you've provided for each and every one of us. Lord, I pray right now for those who uh, are hurting and wounded because of fiery darts that have been uh, inflicted upon them during this past week. I, I suspect there's some, and there's been fresh attacks. And Lord, I pray for healing and comfort. I pray for lots of grace and mercy for each and every one of your children here today. We pause right now like we do most Sundays and we give you permission to point out sin that we've not dealt with. Lord, we live in a, in a very dark and sinful world. And Lord, as we march through this life, um, quite often we step in sin and we participate in sin. And right now, Lord, we're not going to blame and we're not going to excuse and we're not going to ignore it anymore. We're going to let you point out very clearly what we've said or what we've thought or what we've participated in that you call sin. Would you point that out right now? If we've not taken it to the cross yet, Lord, uh, and we're just laying there in the ditch of sin, make it clear, make it obvious to us. And even as you do that, Lord, we uh, do the U-turn and we're going to get up and we're going to run to the cross. Lord, we recognize at the moment of salvation when we said yes by faith and believed and received your son Jesus as Savior and Lord, you marked each of our accounts paid in full by the shed blood of your son, Jesus Christ. So we rejoice in that fact. But now, Lord, we want to draw on that account and we write the check of confession. 
And what you're making clear to us, we call it sin, because you call it sin. No more blaming, no more ignoring, no more uh, hiding away. Lord, we're going to call exactly what you call sin. And we're going to ask, based on that account marked in full, that you might wash and cleanse and purify us. Lord, uh, please tear down that wall that we've built by uh, turning the other way and uh, allowing sin to take root in our lives. Thank you again for this opportunity we have to worship you as we study your book. Uh, We want to hear from your son Jesus. We want him to be the one that's honored and glorified this morning. And all the church at Walloon said victoriously, you may be seated. The belt, the girdle of truth. Did you know we're going to learn how to put a girdle on today, guys? Uh, The girdle, the belt, is not an offensive weapon. Okay? Uh, The belt of truth, that's the very first of the uh, pieces of the armor, verse 14. Stand firm then with the belt of truth, with the girdle of truth, buckled around your waist. The belt of truth protects us. It's a protective piece of the armor, okay? And it protects us against the lies, against the deceptions of Satan. Satan's number one weapon always has been, always will be, is twisting truth. Taking truth and twisting it and, and turning it upside down and deceiving us regarding God's word, the truth. The first thing a Roman soldier would do when they're getting dressed, and Paul knew this, is they would gird their loins with the belt or the girdle of truth. That's kind of a strange expression, isn't it? You know, gird your loins. And I won't ask if anybody's been girding their loins, but what, what you do is literally you, you put on protection for this area of your body, okay? I'm going to uh, move our uh, soldier man up here closer, um, and I'm going to show you exactly what we're talking about here this morning. Oh, please, wheel, stay on. Okay, here we go. We haven't decided what we're going to name him yet. Uh, So far, it's between Woody and Blastus. Uh, So uh, if you have any other suggestions. um, The girdle or the belt of truth, catch this, it's these strips of leather, got little pieces of uh, uh, metal in them embedded. Uh, The girdle... Um, would do two things. First of all, um, can you guys see over there? I, don't, I think I maybe need to turn him just a bit over here. Okay. Um, if, if you were about to go off to war and you were going to march, you would take your tunic and you'd have a robe and you would literally tuck your tunic or your robe up inside the belt or the girdle. Um, why? Because you needed to be able to march and move freely, and uh, you didn't want to get tripped up by your own tunic or your own long robe, depending whether it was winter. Obviously, they had long robes. 
Um, Second thing the girdle would do, and this is where it gets interesting, um, it provides protection um, almost like an athletic ancient cup. Are you tracking with me? Uh, those of you who've ever been a catcher in baseball, you're, you're, you're probably with me. It uh, would prove to protect the manly parts. Did I say that sensitively enough? Uh, protect the manly parts. Uh, so if you ran into something or ran into someone or someone's uh, pieces of armor, you would be somewhat protected. Also, um, when you went to war, the other army oftentimes didn't fight fair. Does that make sense? Uh, uh, oftentimes, they would try to kick you or punch you or throw some kind of... Uh, object at your manly parts, okay? Uh, this provided some protection, if you will, um, and uh, if you think that modern folks are the only ones who fight dirty, that's just not true. Uh, the ancient warriors knew how to fight dirty, and whatever it took, this was my life versus yours, and if I need to hit you in a place that will literally knock you down and take the wind out of you, so be it. Uh, a Roman soldier's belt was essential. A Roman soldier's belt was the very first piece of the armor he would put on when he was dressing. Okay, you'd, you'd want to, first of all, get that, that girdle, that belt on, and make sure it's in place and secure. Now, go back to verse 14. It's called the belt of what? The belt of truth. Okay? Uh, literally, the Greek word for truth means candor, sincerity, transparent honesty. Isn't that interesting? Again, candor, sincerity, honest transparency. Now, we wear the belt of truth by aligning our minds, our wills, our emotions up underneath God's truth on a matter, okay? So anytime you put the belt of truth on, you're getting your mind and your will and your emotions lined up underneath God's word, God's truth. God's truth gives us freedom and mobility. We can stand, we can fight for the kingdom of Jesus Christ when I have my girdle, my belt of truth, on properly when it's secured. Okay, the loins, think about it with me. Think of it in terms of your hips. Your hips, they are what give you mobility. Your hips determine direction, and your hips are what enable you to take action. If you've ever had a bad hip, you realize suddenly you can't walk very good. You can't move. There's not good mobility when there's a problem with your hips. That's what this belt protected. We're motivated, we're directed by who? Our commander-in-chief, and his name is Jesus Christ, right. It's his unchanging, eternal, revealed truth. And we would call his unchanging, eternal, revealed truth. What would we call it? I'm helping you right now. What would we call it? We call it the Bible. It's God's Word. It's the Word of Jesus Christ. And it's the Word of Christ that motivates and directs and guides our activity. 
John 4, verse 24. You can write that down if you're taking notes. You've got a spot back there on the back. It says, we worship the Lord Jesus in spirit and in truth. So the way that Jesus likes to be worshipped is when his kids, when his church, we are full of his Holy Spirit, and secondly, we're living in alignment with his truth, in obedience to his word, the Bible. Now, the very first attack on humanity by Satan, anybody remember where did that occur? Very first attack that Satan had on humanity, uh, when did that happen? Anybody remember? When? Uh, Way back in Genesis chapter 3, you can turn back there if you want, but I just want to just show you in Genesis 3, the very first attack was when Satan, through the serpent, used deception to seduce Eve to sin. The very first attack on humanity, Satan deceived Eve, and he got her to believe lies regarding God's word. Okay, so Satan is dressed up in the form of a serpent, and he's making appealing to the listening ear of Eve the deception, the lie. The Lord said, don't eat from the one tree in the middle of the garden or you will die. That's what Eve said. And what did Satan whisper back? You won't die, Eve. Really, you believe that? And by the way, that was a blatant lie because as soon as she listened and gave in, death became a part of her life and all of humanity. So uh, that was a blatant lie. And then verse 5, Satan whispers, God's holding out on you, Eve. Your eyes will be opened, Eve. He doesn't want you to know stuff, Eve. Now I want you to understand that was true, but it was a twist of truth. And here's, here's the point. The Lord didn't want Eve to know the pain of sin. That's true. The Lord didn't want Eve to fall and to fail. So it wasn't that he was holding out. He was trying to prevent her from experiencing the consequences of sin. Did you see? He twisted. He, he distorted truth. Satan was making sin look really good and appetizing. And that's what he does. That's the enemy's mode of operation. It's not changed today. He makes sin look like, man, does that look fun. Man, am I missing out. Wow, I, I think I need to go and be a part of that. I know what God's Word says, but I think I can get away with it. I don't think anyone will know. I don't think there'll be consequences. So, we come to church on Sundays, right? We sing songs of praise to our Lord Jesus. We read God's Word together. We just did that. We pray before we eat our meals. Lord, please bless this food. Don't let us choke. Amen. Uh, most days we take time. Many of us, we read God's Word. Um, here's the problem. You ready? And yet the average Christian in the average church like ours... We don't live any differently than someone who's sleeping in this morning. The average follower of Christ who doesn't attend church, who doesn't know Jesus, could give a rip about the Bible, lives not much different than those of us who are here this morning. What do you mean? Well, both George Barna and George Gallup 
two of the best, my opinion, they're Christian pollsters, uh, they tell us there's not much difference between the way we live and think and behave than the way those who aren't here with us, they're at home, they could care less about Jesus or the church or the Bible or the cross. We, we live pretty much the same way. Um, our children have sex outside of marriage, just about exactly the same percentage. We divorce almost the very same rate as those who are unchurched. We get arrested at almost identical rate as those who don't go to church. We get addicted to alcohol and all forms of drugs at almost the identical rate. We get depressed and are suicidal at almost the same rate. Now, here's the obvious question. Why is that? <laughs> What's wrong? How come we know Jesus and our lives have been inhabited by his spirit and now we belong to him, but, but why is it that we're living and thinking and behaving not much differently than those who don't know Jesus and don't go to church and don't read God's word? Want to know the answer? Here's the note, okay? Write it down. Um, we've been deceived by the enemy. <laughs> we have been deceived just like Eve was deceived by Satan. Um, and I just want you to know Satan's okay if you come to church and worship and do your religious thing. Just keep biting on the forbidden fruit, okay? Uh, you can go do that, that church Jesus religious thing, um, but just keep believing my lies and my twistings of truth, and I'm okay. You, you go do whatever you want. You, you can pray before your meals. You can open up your Bibles in the morning. Just keep believing my deceptions. That's all I care about. Well, what are you talking about, Pastor Jeff? Well, let me give you a few examples. Um, I'm going to give you five, okay? Five examples of Satan taking truth and twisting it. And I'm just telling you, many of us here in the church, we've, we've bought it. We've, we're buying into it. And uh, as a result, we're not behaving much differently. Why? Because we've been deceived. Um, here's the first. Uh, our God is loving and merciful. Therefore, surely he'll not send billions of people to hell, right? Can't. That, that just doesn't make sense because he's a God of love. There must be lots of ways to heaven, don't you think? And uh, you just be nice and kind and be really good and moral. You don't need to share the cross. You don't need to talk about the shed blood and the empty tomb. Um, besides, people get freaked out when you talk about Jesus being the only way to eternal life. So just, just leave that to the side. And I'm just telling you, <laughs> most of us have bought that because we're not talking about Jesus. We've been intimidated and we don't, we don't want to offend and, and therefore we've sort of at least partially bought that lie, that deception. Second, there really are very few virgins left on planet Earth. Did you know that? And we're in a new enlightened age, um, and, you know, we've all got raging hormones, and we can't control ourselves. So nobody's waiting till marriage for sex anymore. And most people aren't even waiting to start living together before they get married. So why would we have a problem with that? Besides, you wouldn't buy a car before you took it for a, de a test drive, would you? I'm just telling you, we're buying that lie. 
And I just want you to know, it's gotten very quiet in here. Did you notice? Third, there wasn't that much swearing in that movie, you know? Um, and I really didn't know there was going to be that, that nude scene and that sex scene, but, you know, it's kind of no big deal because everybody watches stuff like that, right? And, you know, everybody's watching uh, Game of Thrones, and they're talking about it all day long, so if I don't watch it, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to feel like I'm an outsider. So I have to watch so I can be a part of the conversation. And I have a nice long illustration. I was going to bake you a pan of lasagna. Anybody like lasagna? You know? And we were going we to slice up the onions and the garlic and the sauce and boil the noodles and fry the meat. And we were going to put it all sauce and cheese. It was going to be a really good lasagna, okay? And, and just before um, I serve it to you, I was going to bring out some lasagna to you. And I was just going to pour just, just, a few, just a few little pieces of my cat's litter just on the top, just, just a little bit. And then I'd say, you know, it really is not going to affect the taste much, <laughs> right? Yeah, because, you know, just a little bit of that garbage thrown in. And I'm just telling you, we've bought that lie, hook, line, and sinker. Oh, I didn't know. I, I, I didn't know. <clears throat> um, lie number four. Deception number four, where the Bible was written so long ago, and it's just not relevant for the times we live in. You know, truth changes, times change. Truth is relative, and the most important virtue today is what? Tolerance. I accept you, you accept me, we all live together in a happy harmony, right? Uh, and I just made that one up. And, and who are you to say what I'm doing is wrong or sin? Judge not, lest you be judged, dude. Got to add the dude. Dude, judge not, lest ye be judged. Which means, I can do whatever I want, you can do whatever you want, because, you know, we're making our own rules. There is no standard of truth anymore. Okay, you got to keep up with the times. Number five, take care of yourself first. Uh, no one else is going to take care of you, right? That's the American way. Um, look out for me, myself, and I, my favorite three people. Stand up for your rights. Somebody hits you on the cheek, what do you do? Well, what should we do? Somebody hits you on the cheek. I'm going to sue your pants off. <laughs> That's today. That's where we're at today, and we've bought into that. Marriage gets hard. You know, you deserve to be happy. Just quit. Divorce. Move on. It's no big deal. Everybody's doing it. Do you understand? We're buying the lies. We're, we're believing in, and, and the deceptions keep flowing our way and, and we're, we're following right, in, right along. Satan's attack is deception. And our response is we hide, we blame, we deny, we're, we're shifting around. The belt of truth is all about getting honest and real with the Lord Jesus. I'm just telling you, the belt of truth Give me your eyes. It's about no more blaming someone else for what I've done. No more hiding and excusing. Um, and, and, and I'm just going to be real and honest with the Lord Jesus, my commander-in-chief. And I'm going to let him do some inventory on my life. And I'm going to allow Jesus to speak and point out in my life where I've been deceived. That's what it means to put on the belt of truth. Yeah, it means line your life up with God's word, but it's more than that. It's going a step further and saying, Lord, 
I know I am broken and sinful and prone to wander. Lord, show me. Because I'm very, very capable of buying the lies of the enemy. Psalm 34, 18. Let me give you a verse. The Lord is near to the brokenhearted. He saves those who are crushed in spirit. How many of you have used grace as an excuse to sin and sin and sin and sin? I'm putting my hand up right. We know the Lord will forgive, right? So therefore, I got this cycle going in my life. Um, I know I'm going to sin, Lord, so forgive me for the next half hour. Sin, but then I'm going to do the U-turn and repent, and Lord, I confess and get me clean. Um, And then three days later, what am I going to do again? Any guesses? But I know you'll forgive, and I'll do the U-turn, and now we've used grace as this religious game to perpetuate our sin. Um, and, and we're just playing games. I'm just telling you, for me, i got to get alone with the Lord and be still. And I think that's true for all of us. You, you don't put the belt of truth on when you're running to and fro, when you're busy, when you never have time to be still and allow the Lord to speak. You're not going to get your belt of truth on. Or it's going to be on crooked, or it's going to be slipping on you. You need to ask the Lord, Lord, is there anything going on in my life that doesn't line up with what I know you want for me? Would you make it clear? Now, most of us, when we know there's stuff that's garbage that we've been munching on, most of us, give me your eyes, when there's stuff going on we know we shouldn't be participating in, we don't want to be quiet, do we? I, I don't want to be still. Turn the music on, turn the Turn the talk radio on, turn the TV on, turn the internet on. Do anything but be still because you don't want the Lord to do business with you. I want to close by having you look at a prayer of King David that I think is essential to get the belt of truth on. Turn to Psalm 139, would you please? Psalm 139. Uh, David was a man after God's own heart. And yet, uh, David is a man who is guilty of big-time sin and deception. Uh, And if you want to see how he got over that, read Psalm 51. But I want to show you uh, verses 23 and 24. Um, this, This is kind of the prayer of David. And I would say this is the prayer that gets your belt of truth on when you pray it and then you're ready to respond. Okay? Here we go. Verses 23 and 24, Psalm 139, says this, Search me, O God, know my heart. Test me, know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me. See if there's any wickedness in me. Lead me in the way everlasting, Lord. You see, honesty broken truthfulness before the Lord. It's like, Lord, I'm here with you. Do business with me. I'm ready to respond. Be specific, Lord, and I want to do whatever you make clear. You you make it clear, and I'm willing to deal with it. Do you notice here in these verses, there's no denying, there's no blaming, there's no religious games. Lord, as soon as you make clear, I'm going to do the U-turn, and I'm going to get back right with you. That's what this prayer is all about. So, how about you? How you been doing recently? Has your belt slipped? 
your belt of truth slipped? And, and I'm not talking about you're reading your Bible or praying before a meal or even coming to church. I'm talking about where are you? Are, are you honest? Are you daily? Are you regular? Are you transparent and sincere before the king? That's how you get the belt of truth on. How you doing? If we don't get our belt on, <laughs> we're going to constantly be kicked and punched in a bad place. Do you understand? And that's what's happening. We're constantly down and bent over, and we're not marching, and we're not, we're not effective soldiers because we keep getting knocked down and, and kicked and punched, and we're, we're, we're having everything out of place. Would you be willing to start praying this prayer, even this next week? Lord, search me. Look over my heart. Look over my thoughts. In anything wicked or or ugly or offensive that I've been justifying, that I've been hiding and ignoring, that I've been blaming somebody else, Lord, make yourself clear. Whatever it takes, I want to walk close with you. That's the belt of truth. And that's where our armor begins. We've got to stay that way daily, regular, with our commander-in-chief. Bow your head, shut your eyes. And I'm just going to lead you in this prayer of David from Psalm 139. So uh, just quiet yourself just for a moment. And I want you to repeat after me, but do more than just repeat the words. Um, Add your faith, add your will. Add your heart to this prayer. Make it your own. Would you say right now, search me, O God? Say that with me, would you? Lord, know my heart. Test me and know my thoughts. See if there's any offensive or wicked way in me. And lead me in your way that's everlasting. So Lord, uh, we just would say speak. We're listening. We're ready to do business with you. How have you been doing recently with keeping the girdle, the belt of truth on? Been deceived? Been blaming, ignoring, playing some religious games? There's no victory until we get that very first piece of the armor on.
before we move on, uh, I just need to ask a question. Uh, anyone honestly say before the Lord, um, you're speaking and you're speaking clearly right now to me. And, and I'm doing some religious stuff and uh, I, I'm, I'm taking some time to be in your book and I'm praying and, and I'm doing the, the church thing. But, but the truth is, Lord, there's some significant areas of my life right now that you've just made clear that I've been deceived in. And uh, by your grace, you've pointed that out, Lord, and I want you to lead me in the way everlasting. I want to do the U-turn. And by your grace, Lord, I'm going to quit the blaming and the ignoring and the religious gamesmanship, and I'm going to get right with you. And then tomorrow, I'm going to do the same. Anybody just lift up your hand and say, Lord, see my hand. You're talking to me. Lord, see my hand. You're talking to me this morning. Yeah. Lord, we're so grateful that uh, you put up with prone-to-wander sinners like us. And Lord, the truth is, without you, we are going to be deceived. We have an enemy. He's smarter, more crafty, stronger, more powerful, more cunning, more deceptive than any of us here. And we just acknowledge that. We're not going to out him in any way, but Lord, we have you and your son Jesus, and greater is he that is in us than he that's our enemy in this world. So we rejoice in that fact. Lord, help us to stay close and regular. And, and Lord, may nothing that we step in this week cause us to lose the belt of truth. And when that does happen, Lord, may we quickly get up and do the U-turn and run right back and get right with you. Lord, may that be a regular, godly Jesus habit in each of our lives. Thank you again for your book. It tells us things that we wouldn't know otherwise. And Lord, uh, we just realize how much we need your son, how much we need to stay honest and real and transparent with him. I pray that for myself. I pray that for each of my friends here in your church at Walloon. It's in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Psalm 139, 23-24. Um, you might want to Make that a daily part of your life. The uh, prayer chapel is open. Uh, could be that some of you need to uh, make your way and have some folks pray for you and lift you up in prayer concerning a, a matter. We do have the, uh, the two tools. Uh, we've got the card. We've got the CD if you need that. Um, hey, Christian soldiers, before you exit, before you hit the aisle, would you uh, introduce yourself to... Uh, the folks next to you and maybe behind you or in front of you, uh, speak encouragingly to one another, okay? Uh, let them know maybe you'll be praying for them. You are dismissed. <laughs>